Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp Online Therapy. You are your greatest asset. It's time you started investing in that. Visit betterhelp.com slash onion and take care of you. Harmonize with me and hold me tight all through the night. You're shining bright. I'm your oyster, baby. You're my pearl. Dominic. Where are you? We are on the internet. Look at us. How's it going? Oh, I tell you what, Dom. It's going quite well. It's quite warm here. It's a nice day. How is it where you are? In terms of the weather, it's pretty freezing. Um, it's the type of weather that if you don't go out with thermals on, and at this point, probably gloves and a scarf and a hat, by the time you get down your front steps, you think, oh, I need to go back in and change. Have you got a nice hat? Um, yeah, I've got like a beanie that I wear. You know what it's like when you, when you go to work, uh, they immediately, you know, take off your hat and start messing about with your hair. And I think my hair people at work are not crazy about me showing up to work in a hat that's pushed everything all over the place because then they have to create a bouffant and I, and I don't have debonair hair at work, which is important, as you know. Well, I hear that a lot of the time when you get cast in movies, TVs, it's because of your debonair hair. I think it is, yeah. I think that might be one of the uh, one of the real secrets to my success. I'm only wearing thermals on my legs. Do you want to see? Yeah. It's, it's, it's an interesting look. They look like jogging bottoms, but they're actually thermals. Oh, yeah. Quite tight, eh? Oh, they're Quite tight, tight Dom. Right. They're tight. So here's the thing. When I, when I was a younger man and he used to deliver newspapers in Glasgow and it was freezing in the morning and we'd have to pick up the newspapers at about 5.30 in the morning. Oh. We'd go up to the water tower and there was a van there and we'd collect our newspapers that we could deliver around the, the estate that I lived in. And it was so cold. And we didn't wear kilts, don't get me wrong, Dom. Yeah. But we had trousers, but it was so cold and we didn't have uh, thermals or anything. So a lot of the boys that delivered newspapers would get their sister's tights and they'd put their tights on underneath their, uh, underneath their pants there. So, um, so uh, that's a little tip for you. If you ever don't have your thermals, you can always ask a young lady for her uh, tights nice. and that will keep you nice and warm. I'll keep that in mind. Do you remember what you used to get paid for your paper round? Uh, yeah. Well, let me think. I probably made about, I think it probably about six pounds a week. And I had the biggest newspaper round in Cran Hill at that time. Congratulations. Thank you very much. I've had a hell of a sporting week here in Dublin. I have. It's been a bumper sporting week for me. Um, What's been going on? Well, on Tuesday, I went to see Portugal play Ireland in a a football game in which Cristiano Ronaldo played and uh, Bruno Fernandes. You know, I mean, seeing Ronaldo, I've seen him a few times for, for Manchester United, but seeing him now that he's become a bona fide legend is is a real amazing experience, you know? And then yeah. about an hour ago, I just got back from seeing the All Blacks get beaten by Ireland in the rugby game. You, you were at the game? Yeah, I went to both. Was it fantastic? It was an amazing atmosphere. As you know, with us both having lived in New Zealand, the All Blacks are probably one of the most dominant sport teams of all time, let alone rugby. They're just an incredible team. And they got beat by Ireland. So everyone was just going crazy in the stadium. That's crazy. Yeah. That's brilliant. They never get beat, do they? they they're like, always win. Yeah, they're, they're quite a um, 
they're quite a resilient team, but they just didn't take the chances and Ireland kind of stuck in there. I mean, I think there's something like eight, 80,000 people in that stadium screaming and uh, they got away with it. So that was brilliant. What an, ama- what an amazing sporting week. Two games in a week. Amazing. And also, Scotland won the, the football, Dom. So we, we could well, uh, uh, you know, touch wood, we might be uh, a good chance that we might go to uh, the World Cup next year. Do you, do you know who the... Who they That's beat unusual. in the qualifying game? Uh, yeah, Mo- Moldova. Moldova. Yeah, lovely stuff. Um, think of that. Well, it won't yeah. be. It won't be long till I'm back. I think I've got about two weeks here of work, uh, and then right. hopefully I'll be back so that you and I can enjoy some wonderful Christmas festive podcast episode. I can't wait, Tom. Me either. I know that I can't function if I don't sleep well. Well, get ready for the ultimate winter night in, brought to you by Bean. White chocolate peppermint dream powder only lasts for a limited time, so get it while it's hot. Great news. If you subscribe now, you can also take advantage of Bean's best sale of the year for Black Friday and Cyber Monday. You'll get 40% off your first three months of a Peppermint Dream subscription, plus a free mug and frother, or 20% off a one-time purchase. Again, this is Beam's biggest offer of the year. And just like the new flavor... With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It won't last long. Head to BeamOrganics.com slash onion. That's B-E-A-M Organics.com slash onion for 40% off the first three months of a Peppermint Dream subscription, plus free mug and frother, or 20% off a one-time purchase. Subscriptions are month-to-month and can be paused or cancelled at any time. Should we get to some voicemails? Because some people have been sending us some some fun voicemails. I would love to hear some voices, Tom, if you don't mind. So I would say roll the tape, John. Oh, emails and real mails. Fast as tigers, slow as snails. Idaho. I've been a fan of Lord of the Rings and The Hobbit for a long time, and I recently had a baby boy, our first son, back in August, and ended up naming him Pippin. My question for you guys is what message do you want to send this young generation? I feel like a major part of me being a teacher is influencing and helping young minds, being a positive male role model, and helping them know how to discover their talents and really prepare for growing and maturing and becoming adults. So my question for you guys is what message would you give yourself as a 10-year-old to help encourage and shape your future life? Just looking for some motivation. I'm always trying to help my students. Love the podcast. Love you both. It's one of the things I look forward to on my commute to work every week, and I'm excited to hear your responses. Thanks so much. That's great. Hey, I never caught that guy's name. Did you, Dom? I don't think anybody did. I tell you what, Dom, I, I love the idea that his, his son's called Pippin. I've met a lot of cats called Pippin, a few dogs, and even a couple of monkeys. <laughs> but I think that's fantastic. He's called his son Pippin. Yeah. Like, what a brilliant name. <laughs> yeah, that's brilliant. That's brilliant that he, that he called his son Pippin. Um, and then his question, <coughs> what would you say to youngsters? What advice would you give to youngsters nowadays? Or what advice would you give to your 10-year-old self? No. It's a great question. Um, I think there's a lot. Of, I'm not a father, but... Um, I do chat with young people quite a bit. Um, I think there's a lot of pressures on young people. Maybe there always is, but there seems to be a lot of pressures on young people living nowadays to be whatever is deemed to be successful, you know, to be rich, to be great at your job, to be great at something, to be the quickest, to be the fastest, to be the strongest, to be... In, in some way, um, a success and people are becoming successful at younger and younger ages and independently wealthy and whatever f- famous means. And I think 
maybe to just not necessarily be as influenced by this agenda that seems to be out there on social media or maybe just in the media in general of your life makes sense based on if you are a success, you know, if you have done something, if you have achieved something, because, you know, your life makes sense if you are a good person and you are content and you are happy and you're making, you know, smart choices and being being kind and stuff like that. So I think maybe just releasing a little bit of expectation and pressure on what we're supposed to be doing with our lives and just trying to be a good human would be my advice. Don, I think that is a great piece of advice. Uh, I really do. I think uh, especially just now. And yeah, I totally agree with everything you're saying. I actually was watching a little clip of George Harrison from one of the Beatles movies. I don't even know which one. And like a PR guy had got him in to the room, if you remember this part, and said, we want you to look at these shirts that we're making. And because we think young people are going to be wearing them. And um, he's like, no, these are horrible. And he says, well, you know, in a couple of weeks, everybody will want one. We'll know they're horrible, but we'll be uh, doing ads that means that everybody will feel out of place if they're not wearing one. So it's kind of that, even back in the 60s, that, I'm not part of this or I'm not doing well enough because I'm not wearing that clothes or, as you say, I, I can't run the mile under the, the speed that I should be doing that my parents want me to do. And I think you're absolutely right. You've got to just kind of let all that stuff go a little bit. And I think the only thing I would add to your comment is whatever you do end up feeling like you want to do, whether it's making music, woodwork, um, running the mile, whatever it is, then I would say work hard at it. Because even if you don't do great at it, I think that feeling of working hard on something gives you a great kind of um, contentment as well, knowing that you've you've worked hard on something. You know, even if it doesn't get you to the top 10 in the world, it doesn't matter. Yeah. But you've, you've done your thing, you know. Nice, Bill. Dom. When you're writing things on the computer, on your phone, whatever, scripts, stories, poetry, I tell you what will help you work more efficiently and just really help you in not hogging up your whole day when you're writing. And that thing is, Dom, Grammarly. Ah, uh, yes, Grammarly. Now, I use Grammarly quite a lot, especially Grammarly Premium, which helps you get your message across quickly without repeated or unnecessary words. Sometimes you want to say something similar to something that you just said, but you don't want to use the same word. Grammarly is going to give you options of other ways of saying the same thing, but maybe a slightly more sophisticated. Exactly. And you can use it for all sorts of projects. And as I say, not just on your computer, it will work on your phone as well, even in Microsoft Office. And even if you're not in the premium side of it, with the free version of Grammarly, you're still safe from embarrassing spelling mistakes and grammar mistakes. It'll even sort out your punctuation, Tom. So hit send with confidence and get your point across more effectively with Grammarly Premium. Get 20% off Grammarly Premium by signing up at Grammarly.com slash onion. That's 20% off at G-R-A-M-M-A-R-L-Y.com. Slash on you. Between all the trolls and dragons, it's important to have the right insurance in Middle Earth. But comparing insurance companies online can take longer than talking to an ent. That is where the zebra comes in. With the zebra, you can compare car and home quotes with every major insurance company in under five minutes, giving you all the facts that you need to make the right decision. It's the fastest way to find the right coverage at the right price. And they will find your provider that you can trust. In fact, the Zebra saves people on average $922 a year on home and auto combined. And that will buy you a flagon of the only brew for the brave and true from your local 
Dream Dragon. Yeah, it can be frustrating at times trying to get the right insurance. Maybe you call one company, you get a quote, you leave them on hold. You call another company, they're a bit more expensive, but they're going to be cheaper somewhere else. With the Zebra, it all comes together. They make it as simple as possible and as easy to work with as possible. So save time and money in minutes. Compare quotes for free at thezebra.com slash onion. That's thezebra.com slash onion. Hey, fellas. I know you guys are big music fans, and I am an avid concert goer myself. So I was wondering, what was the first, best, and worst concert you guys have ever been to? Thank you, guys. Love the podcast. Fantastic question, Tom. It wasn't my question. We didn't hear that gentleman's name either. Maybe he didn't leave a name. Maybe he just called up and was an an, an anonymous caller. Um, We're not getting names. No names this week. All right. Well, should we go? Should we? Should we answer it in the same order? Like you say your worst, I say my worst. You say your best, I say my best. Should we do that? Fantastic, Tom. I like what you've done there. Okay. So what was your first one? What was your first concert? Okay. First concert, MC Hammer at the GMEX in Manchester. <gasps> that is a that is a good yeah. uh, that is a good concert. And I seem to remember from um nights out in New Zealand, you knew all the songs to uh, uh, all the words to MC Hammer and the dances. Yeah, yeah I'm pretty good with MC Hammer. All, all you could real- do the MC Hammer thing. All, all the re- all the real cheesy rap from uh, from the uh, kind of late eighties, early nineties. I'm your man. Right, wait here. This is my first concert. Was a band called the Dooleys uh, at the Glasgow Apollo, which was a fantastic venue, high stage, and I saw some great people play there as well as the Dooleys. But the Dooleys were a sort of, I think it was a brother and sister and then another woman. And it was real, real pop music, like um, uh, like Bucks Fizz or something, really? that sort of music. And for some reason, my dad got tickets for free in his work and he brought it and said, you know, I've got tickets to go and see the Dooleys. And uh, so my first concert was the Dooleys at the Glasgow Apollo. Brilliant. Did- did the Dooleys have a kind of standout hit or a standout song? How did they do in their musical career? Do you know what, Dom? I think they did have one hit, uh, but I can't remember what it is. I'll see if I can find it just now. All right, cool. Um, but, um, yeah, I, I just a weird first concert. Yeah. You know, I was pretty young, but... Um, uh, let's have a look. They did songs like this, and this will probably get taken off because... Um, copyright. Yeah, copyright, but here we go. Where's that coming from? Is that from me? I think so. <laughs> nice. Louder. Right, hold on. Oh, no, wait a minute. That's... That's an ad for YouTube. That's not the Dooleys. This is the Dooleys. Some people call me an idealist. They sounded great. Right. Well, that's the Julies. I don't know what their big hit was, Dom, but I'll find it for you. They sounded, they sounded. Uh, right. Next one. Yeah. What was your best ever gig? Well, should we do worst so that we can end on a positive note? I like your style, Dom. I like the way you're thinking. Worst ever concert. Um, most of the concerts that I've been to have been pretty fantastic, to be honest. Um, it wouldn't necessarily be for me that the band or the artist was bad. It might be that it was way too hot or way too full or way too hectic. Um, I did see 
808 State, which is a Manchester mm -hmm. kind of tech, no synthy band uh, in Manchester. Yeah. And it was just like too loud and too hectic. And the, the crowd was very much into kind of, you know, dan that dance scene. And I had just come to kind of have fun with my mates and maybe have a chat, but there was no situation where you could have a chat. So I like some of 808 States music, but I think that concert, yeah, it just left me feeling a little like uh, that I was in the wrong place, you know. Mm -hmm. I know, I know how that feels, and I'm going to give you the same sort of answer because I went to see this band. As I say, the Apollo was fantastic in Glasgow, great venue, closed now. The Barrowlands, another great venue in Glasgow, but then they opened an exhibition centre, so all the big bands went to play there, and it had just opened not too long. The Glasgow exhibition centre. And uh, you too came to play. And I went to see them. And the sound was so awful because it was just bouncing off the walls. So you would hear the song, but then you'd hear it again and then hear it again. And it was just so weird and awful that it, that was, I couldn't even stay till the end. Wow. It was just a terrible concert. Wow. So you too at the SEC was the worst. And then what's your best? Why well, go? Why not? Right then. My best concert, after saying U2 at the SEC was the worst concert, my favourite concert was U2 at the Barrowlands. So same band, different venue, meant my favourite concert and my least favourite concert. U2 at the Barrowlands was incredible. It was the Unforgettable Fire Tour, playing all the old hits as well. The atmosphere was just incredible in Glasgow. I think you two and Simple Minds were sort of friends at that time. And uh, Jim Kerr from Simple Minds got up and sang a song with them. And it was just, just an amazing night. And I remember when the band went off, the crowd stayed and sang you two songs for what felt like another 30 minutes, you know, yeah. just in there, just sweating and just what, a, just everything a concert should be, you know, just a, amazing. Brilliant. Life changing. That's great. Um, I have a few, but I'll try not to name all of them because there's a, I've, I've been lucky enough to go to a lot of really, really fun um, concerts. Um, mm. Eminem in Detroit, amazing. Um, Nine Mile. Yeah, it, uh, Elbow in LA. But the one that I'll say <clears throat> is the Stone Roses at the Sheffield Arena being supported by Pulp, which was just an incredible lineup. And we arrived, me and my mate Tom arrived just as Pulp were about to come on, just as the lights were coming down. And on the row in front of us, as we were kind of like mooching our way to our seats, was Lee Sharp, who was a uh, kind of up-and-coming Manchester United footballer, kind of, you know, what one of the one of the real kind of hopefuls for Manchester United and, and was kind of in his pomp yeah. at that point. And we kind of saw him a little bit from a distance and pointed him out. Oh look, there's Lee Sharp. And then as we get close up to him, Lee Sharp went, All right, Dom. And I didn't know Lee Sharp. And he and you didn't know me, but he knew my name, you know, and I was like, What? That's crazy. So obviously me and my mate. How 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 Well, I'd been on the TV for about I don't know, maybe two years, not long, something like that. So I think maybe, you know, he must have seen me from, from TV. But I couldn't believe it. That's crazy. My mate couldn't believe it either. And then, obviously, Pulp came on and, and were incredible. And then it was the Roses' second coming tour. And on this song, right. Tightrope, which is one of the standout songs from uh, the second coming album, he had what must have been something like, I don't know, let's say for the sake of argument, a hundred light bulbs on really, really long cables on the stage. And at certain times, they would just let go of a light bulb and it would swing all the way out over the audience and then back. And over the course of this song, they let go of yeah. all of them. So you've got like a hundred light bulbs 
swinging backwards and forwards over the audience while everyone's singing and stuff. And again, like you said, it's just that perfect night of perfect music, perfect vibes, company, brilliant. You, as, as you know, most people call you Mr. Generous here yeah. because of your generosity. Yeah. And uh, you did actually get me a ticket to go and see the Stone Roses when they reformed, you'll probably remember. Yeah. Uh, where was that again? It was outdoors. Yeah, that was Trafford Park in Manchester. And I've got a really cool picture, photograph of you and me after the concert, waiting for a taxi, and we're being lit by a by a, a street light, and it, it looks all kind of like halcyon lighting, kind of that orangey kind of glow. And I'm leaning up against oh. a, a, a kind of side of a wall, and you're doing this kind of like tired at the end of the night, and we're both wearing like kind of Mancunian like anoraks and jackets, and we just we just both look pretty cool. So it's one of my favorite pictures. You should bring that. You should put the photo on our YouTube channel, Tom. I'll find it. I'll find it. For that people photo. to see. That was a great night. Yeah, it was. Oh, we couldn't fun. get a taxi. Do you remember? It was just hours in the cold trying to get home. Yeah, it was. But it was fun. That was a, that was a great night. Now, before we leave this, I would like to play the Dooley's Big Hit, uh, which was called um, Wanted. Right? Wanted. Oh, I'll, I'll skip it to the chorus. Imagine me in Glasgow, 1984, and the Glasgow Apollo. Do you love it? Loving it. Send me the send me the link to that song. <clears throat> I will send you it. it, it now that I think about it, maybe that was my favourite gig ever. Or maybe as a little it's treat. It's on its way, Dom. It's on its way. Nice. Maybe as a little treat for our listeners, we'll also put that song by the Dooleys on our Friendship Onion playlist for them to listen to as well. Oh, it's got to be on. So go to Spotify uh, and uh, there's a Friendship Onion on Spotify and you can listen to all the Is It Funky hits and also you'll now have the Dooleys one says email emails electric mails uh, is that what email stands for electric yes, mail ele- electronic mail electronic mail wow um, fantastic you, you want me to read this one you want to read this one Bells? what do you think you do the first one Tom I was going to ask you before we uh, before we start the email do you, do you like my balls eh do you like my balls at, oh at the back hold on I've got different. Oh yeah, I've got different coloured balls. I I can see that, Don. That's unusual, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it is quite unusual, and they're in a triangle formation. And do you, and do you always uh, place your balls on the table there? Yeah, and very often of a Saturday night, I hit them really hard with a stick. Do you really? And the, the, in no way has that contributed to the different colours. No, I don't think it has. I think they've always been that colour, but I like to hit them really hard with the stick. Spum. Do you ever get anyone round your place to hit your balls with a stick as well? I've not really had guests while I've been here because I've been working such crazy hours. But maybe before I leave, I'll have someone come round in the wee small hours and whack my balls with a stick while I'm watching. So what you're saying is, on a Saturday evening, without anyone else in your apartment, mm-hmm. you'll just hit those balls that you're showing me there yeah. with a stick? Yeah, I will. I'll hit my balls Fair with enough, a stick. Fair enough, Tom. Oh, also, before we start the emails, we should touch upon... <laughs> Someone had made some comments, which I think is quite fair, about um, Gene and Denver Dave uh, having some quite choice language at times, which is, which is fair. We have had some, or they have had some moments of uh, bad swears. So from now on, we've agreed that when they do bad swears, we will uh, put a little bleeping device on the top of those bad swears. And does Johnny Clues, does Johnny Clues have a beeping device yeah. that he can help us with? Yeah. Johnny! Hey, Johnny! Sorry! I was going to use my own voice. So I have a few options, you know. Or, or, yeah. Hey, Johnny! Yeah, well, you know, get that f***ing thing working. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Don't give us any of your s***. Yeah, f***ing piece of s***. Yeah, all right, well. 
That gives me a few options to work with. Ah, f- you, Johnny. We've, see, now we've tested it out. But one of the things that I wondered in terms of getting past the senses would be if I say the word it would probably get bleeped. <laughs> but if I say a male chicken, which is obviously a would that get bleeped? That's a, that's a good point. Like, if I was to say you, hey, hey, Johnny, you're a I mean, a I mean, is that a, is that a bird? Like a bird is that some sort it? of bird? Or like... Uh, isn't it? Yeah, friend, it's a lovely little, little blue. T- our, our friend Richard, who likes to go by the name Dick, would that be used? Yeah. Or if I call you, a a f- would that yeah. get bleeped? Hey! Well, I'm just wondering. <laughs> anyway. It's a good point, Tom. Well, I think we'll have to look deeper. Like, see, we were doing movie reviews and we were doing Free Willy. I mean, would Willy, Willy be bleeped in the UK at least? Maybe. I mean, we don't know. Well, let's find out. Anyway, let's jump into these emails. Um, all right, I'll, I'll do this. Carry on, Tom. <laughs> this one comes from Steve in Suffolk. Ah! Hey, Steve. He says, hello, Billy and Dom. A few episodes back, you went on a tangent describing an imaginary Scandinavian pub, which sounded a lot like how almost every Dungeons and Dragons game starts. And since D&D was originally heavily inspired by Lord of the Rings, it got me wondering if either of you had ever played it. Also, can Billy say purple burglar alarm? Oh. Oh, God. Now, here's the thing. There's a lot of things that are difficult to say if you're Scottish. And the most difficult <clears throat> is purple burglar alarm. Purple burglar alarm. Purple burglar alarm. Nice. Got it. Nailed it, Dom. Beautiful. Took me three three goes there. That's not easy. Uh, well... Have any of us ever played uh, Dungeons and Dragons? I played a little Dungeons and Dragons. Um, I'm working with an actor now called uh, Joe, who runs a pretty big Dungeons and Dragons campaign and has done for years. Um, and on that Call of Duty game <clears throat> that just came out, one of the ladies who was on that is part of this critical role show that you and I both did some work on, which is based on a Dungeons and Dragons cam- campaign. <clears throat> yeah, well, that that's probably the closest I've ever got. I've never actually played it. I, I still, even though you've um, explained it to me, I still don't quite get how you play it because it, and don't take this the wrong way, anyone who plays Dungeons and Dragons, including Dom. It feels like it's kind of made up. So, like, if I was an elf and I say, I want to kill those two dwarfs and then take the gold, who's to stop me from doing that? I just say, I, I did it. Billy, the thing that stops you from killing said dwarfs and stealing their yep. gold is the roll yep. of a dice. So, I, I come against two dwarfs. I'm an elf. Mm. And I say, I'm going to kill both of you and take your gold. Then does the dungeon master say, wait a minute, we're going to have to throw a dice for that? Yes. Anytime you make a crucial decision, the dungeon master will probably get you to roll a D20, which is a 20-sided dice. Now, if you roll a 20, then you absolutely can do what you said you're going to do. But if you roll a 1, then as you run towards those people, you slip and fall, and all the gold falls out of your pocket, and they steal your money instead. Brilliant. So if it's a 10, it's somewhere in between. Right. You have a battle, but nobody takes any. Right. right. I want to play it. Let's do it. I really want to play the one. Remember someone told us there's a Star Trek one? I do. And you, it's like Dungeons & Dragons, but it's in the Star Trek universe. I really want to do that. Yeah. I would love to do that. Yeah, let's find that out. Let's do it. Hey, Tom, Reserve Bar is the online source of premium and luxury spirits, wine, and, may I say, champagne. All you have to do is visit reservebar.com to create the perfect home bar 
or have the ideal gift delivered right to their door. It's also where you'll find the best in new and hard-to-find bottles and those celebrity spirits that you've been wanting to try. Mm-hmm. Reserve Bar offers the Cocktail Lounge, your online source for inspiring new cocktail recipes and the stories behind your favorite brands. Ready-to-drink cocktails taste better than ever, and Reserve Bar now has them. The premix drinks are great to have on hand for outdoor events as well. And also very good if there's a certain bottle of something you've been maybe wanting to give someone as a gift, like a nice malt whiskey. Say, for instance, you were trying to send something to a friend of yours who's Scottish and likes malt whiskey. I would go on there, Dom, and you'll probably find a nice one for me or whoever. Yeah, that's a lovely idea, Bills. It gives me things to think about for the holidays. So visit reservebar.com today and use the promo code ONION to save $10 off your purchase of $75 or more on spirits, wines, or pre-made cocktails, but only when you use our special offer at reservebar.com with the code ONION. That's reservebar.com and the code ONION. And this offer expires December 31st, 2021. Dom, you know what it's like when you've just finished a great book and you're looking for another great book. You can get lost in all the books and audio books and podcasts out there. So i tell you what's going to make it much easier. Scribd. With Scribd, you get access to millions of books, audiobooks, magazines, all in one place. Yes, and my favorite thing about Scribd is, like you said, you've got ebooks, audiobooks, magazines, all in the one spot. So as you're looking for a book about a certain subject, you might find a magazine article about that subject. It might send you down a fun little pathway where you have all these new things that you're going to be researching and new things that you're going to read about, all for one low monthly subscription. And all it is, Dom, $9.99 a month. For the price of a single book, you get access to the whole Scribd's entire library, $9.99 a month. Right now, Scribd is offering our listeners a free 60-day trial. Go to try.scribd.com slash onion for your free trial. All right, question number two. Dom, here's the next one. Right, this is, well, wait did you hear this, Dom. Hello, gents. My name is Mike Rohan. Yes, that's my real last name of Irish persuasion, though my family pronounces it Rowan, like a boat. Obviously, I'm a huge Tolkien fan. Read his works many times and recycled book reports on The Hobbit and Lord of the Rings many times through school. When I meet people for the first time, at least one in five mention my name and Lord of the Rings. So my question is, says Mike Rohan, why is Rohan the best land in Middle-earth ever? And since you both love music and Billy specifically loves Glaswegian bands, why is Delamitri the best band ever? He says, we enjoy your podcast very much. Thank you very much for doing it. What do you think of that, Dom? Mike Rohan. And there's nobody that knows more about Rohan than my friend to my right, Mr. Don Bonahan. Hello. Um, well, to very briefly touch upon Delamitri being the best Scottish band of all time, I'm going to have a couple. Oh, you're skipping to two. You're skipping to number two okay, there. I'm skipping to the second part Carry on. first because I think I, I would have more ease in answering that question. Delamitri are known for a very iconic song called Nothing Ever Happens, which is a brilliant song. Yeah. And that was their first big hit. And I would argue probably their only massive hit. They also had another song, which I can't remember, which was all right, but didn't do that well. There are other performers out of Scotland that have had significantly more hits and been more um, influential in the music industry, a la Simple Minds, a la The Proclaimers, a la BMX Bandits, to name but three. I love Delamitri, but can we call them the best Scottish band ever when really they only had one hit? Sorry. Dom, controversial, but I like it. I actually, I'm a big fan of Delamitri. I do think they are uh, certainly up there as one of the best Glasgow bands of all time. I think I really love the singer. I, I, there's some singers when they're singing that you just don't 
question that they're ever going to hit a note or they kind of make you relax when you listen to them. Something relaxing about their delivery. And I think, I think it's Justin Curry, uh, the, the singer, um, who, who has that. And I think they write some brilliant songs and still, uh, continues. Justin certainly continues to make some brilliant music. Uh, and, uh, I'm also friends with their, the first guitarist. Who's a, a great musician as well. So, um, so I would, I would say, I would say they're up there, Tom. I see what you mean. I think they had a few hits, but I would certainly put them up there. Certainly in the top 10 or top five Glasgow bands of all time. Uh, yeah. I'm a big, I'm a big fan of Taylor Beatsley. It's a great, good. It's a great line in nothing ever happens that you and I have talked about a few times. Um, I remember talking to you about it in New Zealand. Um, G- German businessmen snap up Van Gogh's for the price of a hospital wing. Brilliant. Ah, yeah. that's brilliant, isn't it? Yeah. I think they're, I think they're a really class band. And then why is Rohan the greatest land in Middle Earth? Well, as a steward of Rohan, who had, uh, gave my service to the king of Rohan, I think one of the things that is complimentary about the people of Rohan is they kind of get, they're not afraid to get their hands dirty. Do you know what I mean? They're, they're horse men and mm. women, they're blacksmiths, they're carpenters. They, they, they work with their hands a lot. They, they get muddy. They get scratched. They get dirty. They get down in the earth. They're quite a, quite a rough, a re- rough and ready kind of group of people. If you were co- to compare them in terms of their qualities to another group of humans like the Gondorians, who obviously have their own incredible, uh, complementary things, but the Gondorians are a little bit more polished, you know, a little bit more, Silver gilded, gilded, and stuff like that. So I like the fact that the the Rohan people are not afraid to get some dirt under their feet. Do you know who's helped me um, visualize the land of Rohan? There was my dog, who you know, uh, wee Bobby Johnson. I'll just bring him up here, dog. Please. <sighs> now, Bobby here just went underneath my desk and uh, farted. Quite a. a Quite an intense fart, Tom. And that made me think of the land of Rohan because there's a lot of horses, there's a lot of poo, and there's a lot of flatulence, I think. So it might be a beautiful place, as you say, with good, hardworking people with their nails in the dirt, but it does smell a bit, you know, Tom? No, it definitely does smell. There's a stench to Rohan that I don't think is there with with, uh, Gondor. does Bobby ever make audible farts or is it always an olfactory experience? Very, no, it's pretty much always silent. So it's no good for a, a podcast, to be honest. It's like he's not even here. But I tell you what, my eyes were nipping, Dom, when you were talking about Rohan because it was quite a pungent and quite a painful fart that uh, Bobby had left with me. That's a shame. Bobby's he's one of those unique dogs that, isn't he's not that keen at you putting your face close to his face, is he? <laughs> no, he doesn't like that. But I love it, so he has to live with it occasionally. Remember when hey, I bye Bob. Remember when I came over to your house in the middle of this year and I was sat on your couch and your dog jumped up on your couch and then jumped up on my knee and then climbed my chest and ended up putting like his front legs yeah. here. And was just eyeballing me for like five minutes. And you and Ali said he'd never done that. Really unusual. No, he just, he doesn't normally like a human's face close to his face, but he just, he was quite intrigued by what you had <laughs> to tell him, Tom. And he wanted to have a right good look at you. <laughs> uh, lovely stuff. Now, so there we go. That was a great question, our friend from Rowan. I think you jumped around in the questions to a different episode, but there's no problem there, William. Um, but I, I am going to take the second question from the second, uh, from the first show here, uh, in which our friend Juan G. Can you see that guy? Juan G. I, I was on the wrong show. Sure, Sorry, Tom. It's fine. <laughs> uh, carry on. I will. I'll carry on. Juan G from Gainesville, Florida says, 
Hope you do. Hope you two had a great Halloween. Wondering if you two dressed up or celebrated at all. If not, what are some of your favourite scary movies or things to do for October? Thanks again, says Juan G. Well done. I, d- I didn't dress up this year. Did you dress up this year? I very rarely dress up. I'm a little bit of a curmudgeon when it comes to Halloween. Oh, that's unusual for you. Yeah. Normally you you jump right in and bathe in the, the joy of any sort of holiday or, or or fun thing. Yeah. But not not Halloween. I just, I mean, I, I just, I, I think it's, I grew up uh, at a time where Halloween was very much for kids and not for grown-ups. And then I moved to the United States where both grown-ups and kids take it very seriously. And I've never really got to grips with grown-ups uh, in costumes for Halloween. Although you and I did go to a party in which the dress code for the fancy dress was um, classic prom attire, and you and I turned up as Batman and Robin. <laughs> and that, that was completely your fault. Yeah. Because I didn't know the people, and you said it's a fancy dress party. What will we go as? No, I knew, and and we decided. Yeah, but you never told me. <laughs> as far as I knew, it was a fancy dress party. Well, I've never been so embarrassed in my life. <laughs> I knew that if I told you, well, it's supposed to be classic prom attire. You would probably be of the mindset of. Well, we're not going to be the two numpties that ruin it by showing up as Batman and Robin, but I thought it was hilarious to be those two numpties. And then we went out on Sunset Boulevard that night, went partying, and we really did stand out quite a bit. So you're absolutely right. I would not have went as Batman and Robin to a prom party. You're absolutely <laughs> right. <laughs> but it was it was a riot. Was. Do you remember we went to the um, uh, Standard Hotel before for a yeah. drink? And it was all these, like, you know, beautiful people of Hollywood and me and you as Batman and Robin. Not even a good Batman and Robin. Just, like, off the peg, 4,000 people have worn these costumes before us. It was, yeah, that was a great standard. The Standard Hotel was very famous for having a kind of fish tank in the reception area that usually had a human in it instead of fish. Do you remember? That's right. And I remember that night asking That's right. if Very weird. one of us, if not the two of us, could get in the fish tank and they said, absolutely not. Um, and then what are some of your favourite <laughs> scary movies or things to do in October? Does anything stand out yet? Ah, Well, my favourite scary movie, of course, of all time is uh, The Seed of Chucky because I am, in fact, The Seed of Chucky. So. Yeah. And uh, I just saw online that it's like its 17th anniversary. Wow. 17 years since the Seed of Chucky. Um, uh, but I, to, to be honest, it's not my favorite genre, horror movies. I, I, when I watch them, I actually like them. But I never sit down and think, oh, I'm going to watch a horror movie tonight. You know? Me either. Um, can I ask? Because you're probably the, the person to yeah. ask for this. The title of that film. So originally that was Child's Play included the doll that comes to life, Chucky. And then they had, then they had, yeah. uh, sequels, Child's Play 2, Child's Play 3. And then is, is, is the yeah. fourth one the seed of Chucky? No, there's the braid of Chucky. Right. So, uh, uh, Jennifer Tilly, who's amazing, plays the braid of Chucky. And then the one after that was the seed of Chucky which uh, was probably the most camp and kind of funny of all the Chucky movies. And I I was really drawn to it when I, I read it because it had um, the character that I played is Glenn and Glenda because this doll doesn't know if he's a boy or a girl, you know? Right. And, and and I thought the, uh, the writing really kind of, Strangely enough, for a, a Chucky movie, kind of put that across quite beautifully, I thought, in a time when people were just really starting to talk about that, you know, um, where people can be confused about their sexuality or not totally feel one way or another. And I thought that was really nice to put that into a movie like that. So 
And and I've got a lot of nice notes over the years about people saying that, you know, thank you for putting a character like that into a kind of, you know, mainstream horror movie. Nice. Um, and that that title, mm. am I right in thinking that what they're saying there is the sperm of Chucky, the the spunk of Chucky? Basically, yeah. Uh, it's the the seed, yeah, the very the very beginning of life. Fantastic! I'm going to throw my. Do you have a favorite? Scary... Do you have a favorite horror? Yes, I'll throw my favorite yeah. scary movie into the ring here. I'm I'm the same as you. Go on. I would probably never put a scary movie on. Certainly not when I'm on my own in the house. I have had some great experiences watching scary films, but I would say it's one of my least favorite genres as well because I think I think. There are a, there are much more bad horror movies out there than there are bad dramas or bad thrillers or bad sci-fis. That's that's just my own personal opinion. I could be wrong on that, but I've just found that there seems to be a lot of very just poorly made horror films. But in terms of the good ones, I would say my all-time favorite horror film, and it's probably in my all-time favorite films of all time, is Let the Right One In, Swedish. Uh, Vampire film, oh, yeah, a little boy. Vampire movie, yeah. yeah, I know. Yeah, those kind of classy horror movies are oh. good, huh? But I'd, yeah, I agree. It's unless someone, someone who's into horror movies, like Elijah, unless they tell me, "Oh, you have to watch this one," I'll very seldom be skipping through movies and go, "I'm, I'm going to watch that." Did you see the Baba Duke? No, you'd like that. It's about a mother and their child and the storybook that the child is reading at night includes a slightly um a slightly untrustworthy character called the baba duke and it seems that at nighttime the storybook comes alive and so does the Babadook. It's done very well. It's almost like a fairy tale comes to life, a storybook fairy tale comes to life. It's very well done. All right. Well, there's one to watch, Doc. There you go. Thank you very much. I think that's it. No, Doc, do you think... We might... Do you think it might be time to eat the world, Doc? Do you think it's time to eat the world? We could eat the world. I've got some riddles here, but we might have run out of time. Maybe we save the riddles for another time. I think we do riddles next week. It feels like... William, let's eat Go. let's eat the world or drink the world. And this week we're going to do, I would think, probably one of the most, if not the most, iconic exports from the country that I currently find myself in. This week, we're drinking Guinness. Oh, yes, the black brew. Yeah, that's right. That's now, Bills, keep in mind that when you open a can of Guinness, yeah. it makes some wonderful sounds. So get it very close to your mic, but don't spill it, for goodness sake. How much was yours, Dom? Did you have to buy it? Yeah, I had to buy it. I think it was uh, 69 cents. Where are you? 69 cents? Where are you back in 1945 or something? And we have the euro over here. Guess how much it was in in in, uh, in America? Oh. In dollars, I'm going to because say for one, these for one can, three dollars. Hold up, can you see that? Four fifty. Oh, two fifty. Four dollars fifty for a can of Guinness. Oh, hey, listen to this. Listen to this. Here we go. Oh, that's lovely. That's the sound of success, is it? Lovely stuff. Now, where right. Billy's going to do? You, I'll let you do it, Bill. Go on. Ready? Wow. Now, boys and girls at home, when pouring a can of Guinness, you should have said glass at a 30 degree angle. This is obviously straight. 30. 30, 30. You need to pour three quarters of the Guinness and let it settle before pouring the rest. Okay. Take your time. Here I go. I'm going to let that settle. Three quarters. Let that settle, Tom. Oh, we're a bit more. Very nervous about spilling it. Yeah. 
Oh, lovely, Bill. It's very creamy. I'm going to read a little bit of. I'm going to read a, a little bit of a blurb here about Guinness. Good. Go Guinness. Or the history of Guinness. Oh, there's a lot going on here. Okay. Oh, yeah. Arthur Guinness. Or in 1970, no, sorry, 1759, at the age of 34, Arthur Guinness <laughs> signed a lease for the St. James Gate Brewery in Dublin. He leased the brewery for 9,000 years at an annual rent. 9,000? 9,000, it says here, unless Johnny Clue has been messing this up. He leased the brewery for 9,000 years <laughs> at an annual rent. Of £45. Now, that is a saving. He's making a saving on that. The brewery, but over the 9,000 years, it's still going to cost. Yeah, that's true. The brewery was only four acres in size, disused, and had little brewing equipment. Despite this, Arthur quickly built up a successful trade, and by 1769, he had begun to export his beer to England. Arthur Guinness began by brewing ale at St. James Gate. In the, in, in the 1770s, he began brewing porter, a new type of beer, invented in London in 1722 yeah. by a brewer named Ralph Howard. Okay. Porter was different from ale because it was brewed using roasted barley, giving the beer a dark ruby color and rich aroma. No, oh, it's lovely, lovely. Arthur's porter was successful, and in 1799, he decided to stop brewing ale altogether and concentrate on porter beer alone. Yeah. Arthur, Arthur Guinness brewed different types of porter beer to suit different tastes, including a special export beer called West India Porter. This beer is still brewed today and is known as the drink Guinness Foreign Extra Stout. It accounts for 45% of all Guinness sales globally and is popular in Asia, Africa and the Caribbean and Ireland, which I'll get into in a second. By the time Arthur died in 1803, he had built a successful brewing company with a promising export trade. William Boyd, it's over to you. Well, Dominic, I'm going to finish pouring mine now, if you don't Please. mind. Please. And uh, it's, all about, it's all about just getting the perfect head, isn't it? It is. It is. It's about getting the perfect head. While you finish pouring that, Look at that. I've been, we've been extremely lucky on this job uh, filming all over Dublin. But one of the standout yeah. moments uh, in in this filming experience has been filming at the Guinness estate. So the Guinness family have this sprawling estate. And the standout thing at that estate is they have a dark chocolate brown lake that's kind of long, like a like a uh, cylinder. It's like a, a like a, a a long kind of sausage shape, and they exported. Right. Oh, no, sorry, imported white sand to go across one end of the lake, thus creating a very long pint of Guinness. Lovely stuff. Love now, Tom. The next fact about Guinness is one that um, I have a memory of. And so, therefore, could be made up completely. <laughs> and that is that women, certainly in, in Scotland uh, during the 50s, when they went into hospital to have their babies, they would give them a pint of Guinness because they felt like it was very good for them. Good. So they, these all these pregnant women would be in the maternity ward drinking a pint of Guinness. How, how do you feel about that? My mother. Hello, Maureen. Yeah. Hiya, Maureen. Hi, My mother was a nurse and a midwife for a significant part of her, her career. And I think she would corroborate that. I don't know if they do that nowadays, but certainly when my mom was a young nurse and yeah. working on ward yeah. where women had had babies and definitely in Ireland as well, they would give them Guinness because obviously when a woman gives birth, she's probably giving a lot of her nutrients and and energy to that baby and getting some of that back yep. in a pint of Guinness is important. It also created a very fun moment in, I think it was educating Yorkshire, or it might have been educating the East End, where a girl was trying to convince her class and her teacher 
that Guinness was good for babies. And she was saying, when babies are born in England, you give them a pint of Guinness. And the teacher was like, no, no, that's not right at all. So I don't know. Got facts <laughs> um, and uh, it's, it's sort of been well known that Guinness, uh, uh, I'll, I'll go back to the, the actual fact from uh, Johnny Clues, which says um, uh, that the, the Guinness family employed the artist John Gilroy responsible for the posters in two of the most famous campaigns for Guinness. The first used the slogan, Guinness for strength, showing people performing incredible feats of strength empowered by drinking their Guinness. Well, let's let's give this Guinness some scores on the doors, starting with, I guess, well, we do flavor, aesthetics, and usefulness. So let's let's do... The flavor. It is an acquired taste, Guinness, I think. It's not, if you're going to start with beer, I wouldn't right. necessarily say that you should start with Guinness. It's got quite a hearty, kind of earthy, strong, distinctive taste. I think starting with a kind of summery lager would be easier if you're going to do uh, a beer. But there is nothing that tastes like Guinness. It's very distinctive. You know, like those things where um, a rites of passage thing occurs. And when you go to Ireland, you have to have a pint of Guinness. It's just how it yeah. works. you know. Um, and the Guinness in Ireland is fantastic. So in terms of flavor, I'm going to give Guinness a 7.8 out of 10. Well, I think that's not bad, Dom. Because as you say, it's very distinctive, but sometimes there's nothing quite like a pint of Guinness. So Dom, I'm going to give it 8.5. Brilliant. Aesthetics in terms of how the beer itself looks, but also let's also not forget the iconic can, including the Celtic, the Celtic harp at the top there. As you Um, can see, lovely. And can you play the Celtic harp, Dom? No, I can't. Well, you should learn. I will tell you one last fact about Guinness that I found out, and you can see it Do by it. it's proven here on the can. Mm-hmm. Invented in the year 1759. Now, when it was the 250th anniversary of that year, which I think was yeah. relatively recent, it would be 1718, 19. So, Somewhere around, somewhere around about this is my, early two, this could be this early could go anywhere. Something like that. Early two thousands. At one minute to six, seventeen fifty-nine, of course, all over the country of Ireland, you could get a free Guinness in every single pub nationwide. Who paid for that? Guinness. <laughs> could not be better, Tom. So in terms of the aesthetic of the can and the aesthetic of the drink, I'm going to give Guinness a 10 out of 10 because I think that is iconic. Is that our first ever 10 out of 10? Is it? For aesthetics, maybe. I think it's our first ever ever in anything. I don't remember having a 10 out of 10. Like, it couldn't be better. It could not be better. I don't think you can get any better than that. That is just iconic. My God, Dom. You've taken this another place. I, I, I agree. I think Guinness, I think whoever does design for Guinness, whoever like brews it and looks at the color and the head, just stop working. There's nothing else you need to do, but I can't give it a 10, Dom. Nothing. Okay. In the known universe is a 10, except for Bo Derrick, of course. So okay. I can only give it a nine point. Nine two. Oh wow, you're breaking the decimals up even even more than I thought. And then I went finally, into the hundreds. Your your favorite category, usefulness. Yes. Now I tell you what, I think a Guinness is very useful, Dom, because not only can you drink it, um, whether you're pregnant or not, doesn't matter, but also you can make a lovely batter from it for a cod. Or, or maybe a haddock. And also, you can put it into an Irish stew. Absolutely delicious. Or yeah. any sort of um, 
vegetarian uh, meat pie. Or, or a, an actual meat pie. Uh, I don't yeah. know why you made it more more complicated to have a meat pie by saying the word vegetarian in front of a meat pie, but great. Because I'd great, already done Irish stew and I had to oh, do this somewhere else. <clears throat> when my mother and father came over to Ireland to visit me, hello. I am Maureen. Hello, um, Austin. My father, your condensed milk friend, had yeah. a uh, Guinness and beef pie. And it was an absolute slam dunk hit. There's something else I'd like to do with your father. I'd like to sit in a nice Irish pub, both of us with an evening newspaper, a pint of Guinness each, and not say a word to each other. Just enjoy the paper, enjoy the Guinness, and just enjoy the time together. I'm going to make a list of these things because there's quite a lot of stuff that you need to do with my dad. Before the time yeah. runs out, just so you know. I d- I've, um, I'm, I'm quite obsessed by your father. Brilliant. Well, that, ladies and gentlemen, was Guinness. And unfortunately, Bills, we've run out of time. It's been fantastic seeing you, Dom. I love it. It's, been, I, it's, been it's great to see your face. I can't wait to your home so I can just yeah. lie in your arms again. Oh, wouldn't that be wonderful? And before we go, we should very quickly thank all of our incredible followers on YouTube that managed to get us to 100,000 followers. We very much appreciate that. And we hope that in the not too distant future, we'll be able to get to a million. So we get, we get a plaque now, Dom. That's what I really wanted. We get a little plaque. So when we get back in the studio, we'll put it up and we'll unveil it. It'll be fantastic. And then as you say, we get to a million. What do you get for a million? It must be more than a plaque. That's got to be. It's not 10 plaques, is it? I don't know. Well, whatever it is, we're looking forward to it. Dom, enjoy the rest of your day. If if you get a moment, I would polish your balls because they look a little bit like they need a nice polish. Yeah. 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 And uh, I'll see you next week, Dom, on the Friendship Onion. See you, Bill. Toodles. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.